And when I looked closer, there was a, a Sasquatch face on the other side, and uh, it was looking right back in at us. Staring back at me is a silhouette of a very, very giant monkey. An intriguing discovery is being investigated in a community east of Seattle. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. They are up there. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into the Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, a place where your encounters are told. To share your encounter and to be on the show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, my name is Dwayne Pinkney, and uh, this is my encounter. Uh, it happened back in 1982 in Rock Creek, Ohio, and I was only 10 years old at the time. Uh, we lived uh, in Dorset, a little town about 10 miles uh, east of where the encounter happened. And my parents owned a big two-story farmhouse that was really expensive to heat in the winter. So they had put in a wood stove and uh, they closed off the upstairs during the winter and heated the downstairs with a wood stove. And so we chopped wood every you know, August, September. And uh, my dad worked at the Smith & Wesson plant uh, that was located in Rock Creek. And they owned all of the property uh, behind the plant, uh, which was situated on uh, Foreman Road, running uh, north and south. And they owned all the property behind that. Uh, there was a, a testing range, and then there was woods that went all the way back to a set of railroad tracks. So my dad had secured permission from them to, on the weekends, uh, when the plant was closed, to go back there and cut down trees. Um, and it was on one of our regular woodcutting trips uh, where I had the encounter. Um, it was uh, actually it was a Saturday, August 21st. And the only reason I know the date was because there was actually a movie that was going to be on TV that night that I was like super excited about. And my dad had told me uh, if I didn't shut up about it, he wasn't going to let me watch it. <laughs> and uh, I looked it up on IMDb and saw what the air date was. So, yeah, it was like right on. But anyway, um, so he was uh, cutting down trees and, and chopping logs. And I would haul the logs out of the woods on my, uh, I had one of those plastic disc sleds. And I tied baler twine on the handles and I would stack the logs on there and drag them out and then stack them in the back of the pickup truck. And so I had taken a load out and I was on a return trip back to him. And I just happened to look up and there was this thing standing behind a tree. And I froze and for a second, I wasn't even sure if I was really seeing what I thought I was seeing. 
and uh, it wasn't looking, it was looking at my chest. And when it realized that I saw it, it shifted its gaze and it looked like right in my eyes. And it knew, okay, well, this guy sees me. So that was when I really freaked out. Uh, and I let out a scream and took off towards my dad's location. And when I screamed, I startled it and it took off in the opposite direction. Uh, but the whole thing lasted anywhere between, I would say, five and maybe 15, 20 seconds. So it wasn't a very long encounter, but, you know, it was, it seemed like forever at the time. And it was only about, you know, 20, 30 feet away. It was very close. And if I hadn't accidentally looked right at it, I don't think I would have seen it. If I'd been looking either, you know, a couple feet in either direction, I don't think I would have even noticed it. It just kind of blended in with the surroundings. What did you tell your dad when, when you ran back to him? What, what did you tell your father that you seen? I told him I, this thing was, you know, watching me from behind a tree, and I know I was all out of breath, and he just was like, what? You know, what are you babbling about? You know? <laughs> and he didn't believe me. He's like, ah, you're full of it. You're just seeing things, you know? And uh, I pressed it for a minute or two, but he clearly did not want to hear it. He started getting irritated and just wanted me to, you know, haul the logs out and shut up. So kind of left it at that. And we were still there for like another hour. And I remember being extremely nervous the rest of the time. I mean, I was just looking around everywhere, but I didn't, you know, see anything again after that. But uh, it, it was definitely unsettling because I know I had bad dreams for quite a while after that, and I still have them to this day. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just, if we watch a, a Bigfoot show on TV, or, and especially whenever they show one like peeking out from behind a tree, I usually will have a, a nightmare that night. I mean, I've woken up in, in just cold sweats. I mean, my wife could tell you. It's it's really, she's even looked over at me when we're watching some of these things on TV. And she's, she says, I'm biting my fingernails, you know, because it really tenses me up still. And that was 40 years ago. Wow. So, kind of crazy. Anyone I think when you're else? a kid, it makes a bigger impact on you. Yeah, for sure. Actually, you know, I was going to bring that up as well, but. Like, did you did you tell anyone else after that, or did you just follow your kind of follow your father's advice and just drop it? No, I just dropped it. I mean, we lived out in the middle of nowhere anyway, and I I didn't have that many friends, and I rarely saw them outside of school anyway. So, um, no, I just kind of forgot about it and let it go. Well, I want to ask how how it affected you as a child, but but before we get into that, but did you did you know what you were looking at? Like, how long did it take before you realized, you know, it was a Sasquatch that was staring at you that day? How how long? Well, I didn't know what I was looking at, honestly. Um, you know, it didn't look anything like what 
I envisioned Bigfoot. My only experience with Bigfoot at that point in my life was basically Andre the Giant from Six Million Dollar Man. Mm. I mean, that's what I thought Bigfoot <laughs> looked like. And this thing didn't look anything like that. Um, it, uh, I got the impression it was old. Um, it did not have a lot of hair on, on either on top of its head or on its face. And the skin was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Modeled. It was kind of like, it was hard to tell if it was like dark gray. And it must've been dark gray at one point, but it had like light colored spots and like patterns, like all over its face and, and the the best way I could describe it was it looked like uh, that skin disease uh, vitiligo. Oh, so it was kind and of. And I've since seen some like pictures of like chimps and and gorillas that kind of have that same thing. But yeah, it it was like a dark gray skin with like light patches and spots all over. Wow, I, I, yeah, it really does sound like it must have been a, an older an older Sasquatch. Now, did it make any other gestures towards you, like or, like? I know you said it, it took a second for it to notice you noticing it, but once you it did you it did realize that you were staring at it. Did it make any other gestures? Did it? Did it? It didn't really. It, it, if anything, it maybe leaned out a little bit farther. Um, it was kind of turned. Uh, it wasn't directly facing me. It was turned a little bit to its right uh, because the tree it was hiding behind wasn't that big of a tree. And to me, I got the impression that it was, you know, kind of like hiding itself behind the tree. Because if it had been squaring off, uh, its shoulders would have stuck out on both sides of this tree. So it was kind of turned a little bit. But when it realized that I saw it, then it kind of like exposed itself more because I think it figured, well, it obviously knows I'm here. So there's no sense in hiding anymore. And being a kid, I mean, I don't, imagine it thought i was any kind of a threat whatsoever yeah for sure i mean as you're as you're speaking here Dwayne, it, it, that's very similar to what happened with my own sighting uh, it, it was just peeking out from behind a tree but it was an, it was it was a long enough encounter that it kind of changed my life forever and short enough that it really piqued my curiosity do you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean you just did the same thing to me yeah i wondered for years after that is like, you know, what it was. And if, and if that thing was out in the woods, what else is out in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) You know, at that point you're like ready to believe anything. Yeah. Did, did you start reading any books about it or looking up any information about what you saw that day? Like as a child? No, the first thing that I remember seeing after that, that, kind of got my curiosity going was an episode of in search of uh with uh, leonard nimoy and that was actually we watched it in school believe it or not um we used to uh, have tv days every once in a while and our uh, teacher showed in search of a lot so and i was at that time i thought well maybe that's what it was you know yeah well it sounds like your teacher like the uh like the uh, unknown phenomenon. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I used to love that show. Yeah, you know, I can't remember that guy's name either for the life of me. Me neither. <laughs> um, so like, how long did it take you to kind of uh, 
kind of start to, to adjust to deal, dealing with that? I mean, you said that you, you're continuing to have nightmares, but I mean, you know, initially, you know, how long did it really take you to calm down and, and kind of just continue on? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think it was about a week or two. It wasn't that long, but uh, it definitely made an impression on me because, uh, you know, like I said, it was just, it's so surreal. It's, it's just one of those things. It's like, when you see something like that, it's just, it alters your perception of everything. It's, it's like, you know, what I remember keep kept going over in my mind. What was that? What was that? Because your brain's telling you that you saw this thing, but it's also telling you that that can't possibly exist, you know? And yet there it is. So yeah, it really messes with your head. Yeah, and the images kind of get burned into your brain. Like I, I still oh, remember, absolutely. Yeah, I, I still remember my sighting like it was yesterday. I can still see it in my head. Yep. And, and you know, just the the small little tiny details that that kind of went along with it. You know, I remember it was a it was a it was a quiet night. It, it was dark. You know, it, I remember the tree. I remember all that stuff. I mean, did you kind of um, go into that as well? Like you remember like the, the small details that happened that day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I even went as far as uh, I hired a a sculptor uh, about four years ago to make me a life-size latex replica of what I saw. And he got the face, like, spot on, but I think the forehead is wrong. It's too tall and, like, sticks up instead of, like, sloping back but he did a really good job on the face and part of the reason I had him do this uh, was so I could kind of like have it in hand and and really study it and just put it on a shelf and and just kind of have it as a reminder that this thing was real (laughs) (laughs) Do you, do you talk about it often or l- l- before you answer that, let me ask this, like how long did, did it take you before you started talking about it? Like before you, you could come up in a conversation with somebody and you could openly say, you know, this is what I saw. You know? uh, it wasn't really until, I don't know, probably about maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. It was kind of like when they started being a little more, uh, in the public eye, you know, with like finding Bigfoot and things like that. And people started, I, I noticed people started talking about it a little bit more. And uh, so I got my courage up a little bit and said, well, you know, I kind of saw one. <laughs> so, but even then, I, you know, I was still subject to uh, ridicule and uh, I, it used to really bother me because uh, I had a couple of people, you know, a couple of friends even that were just like, oh, you know, you're crazy and you're full of it and those things aren't real. And it's like, you know, for a while it makes you angry because it's like, don't tell me that these things aren't real because I freaking saw one, you know, and I know what I saw. So, but I don't let that bother me anymore because I realized that if somebody really doesn't believe they exist, it's like nothing that you say is going to convince them otherwise until 
they see one themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically the gist of it. It's like, I'm not going to try to convince anybody anymore. Believe me if you want. Don't believe me if you don't want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I understand that point too. Like I, when, you know, even at work, uh, people ask, you know, about my podcast and, and my guests and, and all that kind of thing. And I can see they don't really believe what I'm doing or, or in the whole subject of Sasquatch. But, you know, that that's fine. Like I, I'm not here to prove anything to you. I, I'm here to learn. So every time I talk to someone new, I learn something else about, you know, the Sasquatch and, and everything else. So I, I don't really take people's criticisms with, with much you know, candor, so to speak. And I, I just don't, I don't really care if they don't believe me or not. It, it's right. You yeah, can't. Yeah. I, waste I mean, I, I used to let it bother me a lot. And I, I realized that it was, it was a waste of time and, and making myself upset for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. And you got really, there's no point. It'd be like yelling at a wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. It really is. You're right. Did did you and your father ever go back to that area at all, or was it something that you avoided? Oh yeah, that? we went back at least uh, two more years because we lived in Dorset until 1984 or 85. So yeah, at least a couple more seasons after that we went. Yeah, and, and how did that go for you? Did you were you watching the woods? Were you on guard oh, yeah. the whole time? Or oh yeah, yeah. But I eventually got over it. Um, and I even used to, when we moved and, and we're in our new house, uh, I had a couple neighbors on either side of me that uh, I used to go over and play at their houses and they had brothers and, you know, we'd all go out in the woods together. So never saw anything there, but, uh, you know, there was a little more courage in, in numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but it's always in the back of your mind, you know, that, it could be watching type of thing, you know, how long do you think that the Sasquatch was watching you before you actually noticed it? If you had to guess, I don't know. I don't know if it had been there. I mean, it may have watched me make a couple trips and or more. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. That was one of the things that always kind of went through my mind is like what its intentions were, you know, I mean, was it just curious or was it going to drag me off and eat me or (laughs) (laughs) it's like, you just don't know. Yeah. Now I did kind of think about the fact that my dad was chopping wood and this was after, you know, seeing the the, the documentaries and that where they talk about the wood knocks. And I thought maybe my dad chopping wood sounded like tree knocking and that's what attracted it. Because he was splitting logs, so I mean it's possible. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I, I never even thought about something like that. You know, it, it really sounds like he was just curious and checking out what you guys were doing. But I think so because, like I said, when I it never made any aggressive moves at all towards me, and it, it its face didn't even look aggressive. It never showed its teeth. Um, and like I said, when I screamed, I mean I spooked it as much as it spooked me and it took off the opposite direction and i will say this though it was fast i was just about to ask i was just about to ask if you noticed its movement running away type of thing and if you could uh, just quickly describe how it 
how it runs because every case seems to be a little bit differently. But did you could you make out any detail I, on that? I really couldn't tell because there was just enough brush between us where I could only see what was above that, which was its head and shoulder and part of its right arm and chest. But uh, all I all I remember is it turned and it was just like a blur. It was just woof, gone. Yeah. And I was going the other way, so I wasn't sticking around to watch it run. <laughs> <laughs> was there any other like local legends in that area about the Sasquatch or anything like that? Did you did you look up any information? I've actually heard stuff in the years since then that yeah, there were other sightings in that area in Rock Creek. And around, uh, there's an area called Roman Shores. And there are still sightings going on in this entire area to this day. Just a, a few years back, there was a woman, um, I think out on Route 167 uh, towards Pierpont, which is uh, east of here, that said she found huge footprints in her garden and something had been eating all of her vegetables. And somebody came out and investigated it, and they measured the tracks, and they supposedly found what they thought was a nest in the woods, like pretty close to her residence, and you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Did did your curiosity ever get the better of you? Did you ever go look into the woods and then maybe try to look for clues or anything like that? Well, it's funny you say that because I actually did go back to that spot where it happened. And um, the railroad tracks are gone now, by the way. They've been, they tore them out about, I want to say about 15 years ago, maybe more. And now it's a 44-mile long uh, bike and hiking trail that's paved. It's called the Western Reserve Greenway Trail. So you can actually just drive right up and, and walk right in there. And we went, me and my wife went to about the same spot where I believe it happened because obviously it was, you know, like you said, it's been 40 years and it looks pretty different now. But uh, I think they actually cleared a lot of the bigger trees out and it seems like it's newer, younger growth now than what was there when I was a kid. How did that affect uh, you? We did find a tree break, which you could clearly see from the trail and there's even no trespassing signs posted now, but we went in there anyway. And this tree was about a good four inches maybe in diameter. And it was snapped off and twisted around inside of a cluster of similar sized trees. So there's no way that wind could have done it. And I even took pictures of it with my hand on the, on the uh, tree, I'll have to actually send you some of those photos. Yeah, that'd be great. Because uh, it was crazy. I mean, and, and there wasn't a cut mark on it. There wasn't a single saw mark or anything. And I was like, we both looked at each other like, what could have done this? <laughs> yeah. And of course, I think we already know. I've come and also, it was eerily quiet. There were no birds, there were no bugs and frogs, nothing. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. And so I got pretty unsettled and we got out of there. You know, I, I found a couple of 
of those kind, sort of those same types of tree breaks that you're talking about. They seem like they're twisted and bent down almost and, and then broken type of thing. Yeah. I wonder what those mean. I, I still can't figure that out. I don't know if it's a territorial thing or. or I don't know. Yeah. More mysteries to be. I mean, it could be they're just know. bored or, you know, or showing off or maybe they're in a bad mood or I mean, who knows, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that they're not in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So how, how did it make you feel going back there? Did it bring you back to that day? Or are you okay with it now? Or Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a little walk in there, too. Um, that uh, trail runs parallel to Foreman Road, where the plant is. And then south on Foreman, there's a, a crossroad called Tish Road that runs east and west. And the entrance is off of Tish. And that's never changed. That's just the way it was when it was railroad tracks. And then it's about a half mile or maybe three quarters of a mile walk uh, up the trail north. And that's where you're behind the plant, which the plant is still there. The buildings are still there. It's not Smith and Wesson anymore, but the buildings are still sitting there and they're still in use. Uh, I'm not sure what's in there now, but, and then all that area out back behind that is, is all grown up. Well, let me ask you a hypothetical question here, Dwayne. What if you had come across another one? How, how do you think that would have, uh, how do you think that would have affected you? Oh boy. I don't know. <laughs> I think I probably would have hightailed it as fast as I could possibly get out of there. <laughs> and we didn't even have our, our, phones with or anything i don't think you wouldn't want to see another one or, or would you prefer not to or you're good with you know you're i would i would prefer not to yeah yeah we like i said we uh we did bring our camera and uh i took a few pictures of the tree break but uh if i'd run into one again i would have probably at least tried to get a picture or two before i took off <laughs> <laughs> if it was possible yeah, I think that uh, when, when people have run-ins, you know, even by accident, you know, with these creatures, taking photos is the last thing that crosses your mind. Like even with... Well, oh, absolutely. That's that's one of the things that gets me when people always say, well, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? It's like when it happens, you're not even thinking about stuff like that at all. First of all, your mind is just trying to process what you're looking at and... By that time, you're either so freaked out or or whatever that, you know, you're just not in the presence of mind. Pretty telling that when people go out looking uh, for Bigfoot, most of the time they never find anything. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that almost every encounter is accidental, where the two of you just happen to be in the same place at the same time and neither one is expecting to see the other one, you know? Yeah, I'd say that's like a 99% occurrence. It, they're mostly accidental. That's very rarely, yeah. very, very rarely. Well, even even the, uh, you know, the Patterson film, uh, they weren't expecting to walk up on that thing and be that close to one and see one. His horse reared up and, you know, he's running and tripping as he's <laughs> trying to get close enough to it to get a good picture. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that full video? Like from like, there's a lot more. To oh yeah, yeah. 
I've watched that yeah. a bunch of times. But... Oh, there's no question. And I tell you, I've seen a few other videos over the years that really got me. And one in particular, I can't remember what state this was in. I want to say it was possibly Georgia, where there was one peeking in the window of a mobile home. And when I saw that, I actually, I was up late and I was watching YouTube videos and my wife was already in bed. Sound asleep. And when I saw this video, I had to go get her and wake her up because the face that they captured looking in their window was 100% exactly what I saw. And when I showed her, she couldn't believe it because it even looked just like that mask that I had made. It was spot on identical. And that video really, for me, verified that what I saw was accurate because they could have been twins. So I was like, okay, so this is obviously a species of whatever this thing is. Did it look more human, or did it more look more like a like an ape? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, was it a mix of the two, or um, it was like somewhere in the middle? I mean, it could have. It looked like a, a like a prehistoric human slash gorilla, basically. Almost like a caveman type of thing, or, or... yeah. The the thing that struck me, I remember, was it had really big cheekbones, and set almost right behind its cheekbones, you could see the ears. It had very small ears. And the reason you could see the ears was because, like I said, this thing had very little hair on its head. It was very sparse. I mean, it was pretty close to being almost balding, which is another reason why I think it was either old or maybe it was diseased even. I don't know. Yeah, that's very interesting. Very interesting. I don't know if those white Watches had anything to do with the, the hair loss or not? Wow, I'm even I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I should be talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm doing an interview, and I'm thinking about it in my head, like what that could be. But uh, it probably had something to do with age, I would imagine. But who knows at this? That point. was the impression I always had is that it was old. Yeah, and I for some reason thought it was male too. I don't have anything to base that on other than just my gut instincts. Yeah. Well, you've you've obviously done some some research. You, like you've watched videos. You do have a, a a curiosity towards the Sasquatch. Let me ask you this, Dwayne: Do you think that they're ever going to be acknowledged as a as a living, breathing society? At, at I, I do think so. I, I do think so. You know, what do you think? And I'll even gonna... go a step further and say I I believe that our government probably is already aware that they exist. I, I truly do believe that. What do you think the the, the evidence is gonna is gonna take for for acknowledgement? I, I, I mean, I, I well, I think it's gonna take a body, unfortunately, because no matter how good of a photo that people get or video, especially in this day and age with all this, you know, computer imagery and and deep fakes and all that stuff, it's like I don't think any video that anybody could produce at this time would satisfy anyone because it's just too easy to fake stuff. So I think they're going to have to either get a body or, uh, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's plenty of evidence there. I just, that's why I don't understand why the scientific community doesn't take more interest in it. Because when you factor in 
the hair samples that they've collected that have come back unknown species of primate. Okay, well, if it's not human and it's not a gorilla and it's not a chicken, what is it? <laughs> you know, when they've compared it against everything that's known and it's unknown, well, there's your answer right there. And do you think that that information is kind of being suppressed? I mean, you kind of alluded earlier to, you know, the government kind of knows already, but do you think that they're they're keeping this thing under wraps? And for I, what I do think that. I, I, well, I believe from the encounters that I've read about and listened to online, there have been a lot of forestry service agents that have come forward and said that they've reported sightings and they've reported tracks and been told to basically keep their mouth shut or you're going to lose your job or lose your pension or, or whatever. And I think that if they were acknowledged that they exist and that they're roaming around the forests all over the U.S., that it would probably, two things would happen. Either you'd have a frenzy of hunters going out to like bag one or it would hurt the tourism industry, the national parks, uh, camping, because people would be afraid to go or take their kids. Uh, if they were classified as endangered, it would probably hurt the logging industry. Uh, so there's a lot of factors, I think, that the government has probably taken into consideration. I mean, just the effect that it would have on the logging industry. Um, I remember reading somewhere that there was a somebody had smuggled out a, an environmental uh, report in, in the 70s that said something to the effect of uh, economic impact study of uh, relic hominid species or something like that. So they were already thinking about that in the 70s. I, I think they've known, and not to delve too far down this rabbit hole, but I, I do agree with you. I, I think that certain levels of government know um, about their existence. That doesn't mean to say that, you know, President Biden knows, has a file on his desk that says Bigfoot on it, or, or Trudeau in Canada here says, knows exactly what's going on. But, you know, I, I do believe branches of government do have information that they're privy to and they're not willing to share. Uh, so, you know, for whatever reason I it agree. is, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure the, why they want to cover it up. But for the people that have come across these, these, these people, I don't know how else to, to talk about them, but you know, we already know. Uh, you, you know what you saw. I know what I saw. And the people who've seen them know what they saw. You know, so. Yep. Yeah. But, Dwayne, let me. Well, ask... when, you, when you take into account that every Native American tribe from coast to coast basically had names for these things, they're not all seeing the same hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, even, even here locally in British Columbia, I mean, the Sasquatch people have been here long before people were. Like the, so they, they're right. Yeah. So that, that's how the legends go here. And it's probably has some truth to it. Uh, it just, it, it's a mystery. It, it definitely is a mystery, but, uh, Dwayne, let me ask you this one final question before I let you go here today. You've kind of alluded to it a little bit during the course of our, our talk here, but like, how has your encounter changed you? Has, has it made you more aware of things? Has it, has it, you know, made you more uneasy about the woods in, in any way at all? Or, or how has it affected you? Uh, I'm less uneasy about the woods than I used to be, but I definitely find myself whenever I'm on the road or whatever, I'm, I'm always like 
looking around and looking at the at the tree lines on the freeway and just a little more aware of my surroundings and and especially when I'm uh, with my wife or when we go places on the weekends when she drives, I'm always looking into the woods along the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. off chance. I do that too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I completely understand that. Yeah. It, it, that, that, it's that few seconds of, of, of that'll change a lifetime. And so, you know, it, it's always in the back of your head. Oh, absolutely. It makes its way to the forefront. And you know, that's another thing too, where, you know, people always say, well, why haven't they found a body? And why have they found this? Why haven't they found that? I mean, there's entire planes that go missing out in the Pacific Northwest that they never find. And that's a plane and it's not even moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, then, and there, there's people that go missing that you assume want to be found and they can't find them. So again, there's your answer. It's like, you know, you got something that's in its own element and doesn't want to be found. It's not going to be. Yeah, I completely agree. A hundred percent. Well, Dwayne, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing with us your, your encounter and your thoughts on, on the Sasquatch. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. Well, I appreciate you having me, Sheldon. Thank you. You betcha. The pleasure's all mine. And for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to close out the show. Stay there. Hey, and we're back, everyone. We are back to pull a pin on this one, but before we do that, we have to give a huge thank you to Dwayne for uh, for coming on the show today and sharing with us his experience that happened to him, you know, so many years ago. Um, run-ins with the Sasquatch really have an effect on people, and it could be long-lasting or it could be a short-term thing, but uh, generally I don't hear a lot of people say they had an encounter with Sasquatch and it really wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> I mean, it does happen, but uh, yeah, the, the Sasquatch really have a, a way of affecting people forever, and I totally understand, you know, and Dwayne is no different than, than myself or, or you, for that matter, who, if you've had a, a run-in with them. It, it's, a, it's a life changer, definitely is a life changer, you know, uh, but Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on. I, I do appreciate it, and um, let me know what you guys think. I, I mean, Dwayne brought up uh, a few points about the government kind of covering everything up. And I, I don't really like going down that conspiracy rabbit hole, but this is one that I, I'm fairly certain is, uh, well, I'll just put it plainly. I, I It's real. I, I'm sure that certain levels of government know of their existence. And for whatever reason that may be, it is not being brought out to um, the public's knowledge. Um what do you guys think? Why don't you write in and let me know what you think about the government cover-up. Is it a cover-up? Is it for the protection of the species? Is it a monetary thing? You know, are they saving the forestry industry, uh, tourism? What do you guys think? Let me know. Bigfoot at gmail.com. I want to know your thoughts, so write in and let me know. Uh, Dwayne, once again, thank you, buddy. I, I do appreciate it, and uh, uh, we'll be we'll be in touch. Um, let's see, uh, getting back to what I brought up last week, I've had a lot of good feedback in terms of putting on a conference here in the Nicola Valley. Uh, I am currently uh, working on securing a venue and trying to get the ball rolling on, on, uh, this conference and dedicating the time and 
energy that is needed to make it successful. You know, there's a few hurdles that personally I have to overcome. I have to get some things out of the way to ensure that I have <laughs> the available time. You know, with my new job, you know, my schedule is a little wonky, so uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But in the meantime, uh, write in, let me know what you guys think. Bigfoot at gmail.com. And you know what? While we're at it, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, email me at Bigfoot at gmail.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-A, Bigfoot at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and get your story on the show. Um, okay, guys, I think that's about going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. You know, I don't think I say that enough. I took that little break in the summertime, and when I came back, I really wasn't sure what the uh, response was going to be, but it's been great. You know, you guys deserve a lot of credit for tuning in and, and, you know, giving me the motivation to continue with this podcast. And, and, you know, I don't get paid to do this. I do this out of my passion for for the Sasquatch and and the forest people. And I guess on another level, I I do it for you. And um, in return... You give me the love that I need to uh, continue to do it. So I, I just want to say thank you. You know, it, it kind of came up in conversation with some people the other day, and I, I don't think I give you guys enough credit for for continuing to listen and providing me with that that kick in the butt to continue going. So thank you guys. Um, at the time of this recording, it is Black Friday, <laughs> so guess where I'm going. <laughs> but uh, by the time the episode is released, it'll be a couple of days past. Uh, I do hope you all survived that, and uh, you know, hopefully there's no fisticuffs and trying to fight for that that big screen TV. But uh, <laughs> I won't blame you if you do. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm uh, I'm done for the day. So uh, until next week, guys. I will talk to you later. Bye.